Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me What You Know. This is episode number 16. 16, sweet 16. Sweet 16. We had our quinceanera last week. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sweet 16 this week. Now we're driving. And we're driving. That's right. My mom didn't get me the new BMW I wanted. I got a Camaro instead. I'm pissed. Shame on you. Yeah. Shame on mom. You remember that show, My Super Sweet 16? Yeah. That was a ridiculous show. Isn't it still going on? I don't know. It was great watching 16-year-old people get furious about new Mercedes when they wanted the new Audi. Yeah. I think there was multiple in, in Arizona. Super relatable content for a lot of people <laughs> out there. Um, yes, today is August the 14th. It's a Wednesday. It is noon on a Wednesday. We are in a new location. We're in Michael Pellick, one of Michael number two's apartment right now because we are coming through with our second or third promise we made a few weeks ago. We've just made some delicious Beyond Meat burgers. If you remember, that was a topic of mine several episodes ago. Yeah. And we vowed to to taste test them live on a podcast. We don't make promises that we that we don't keep. Not around we here. We follow through. We follow through. That's right. That's right. We're starting a trend that hopefully we can keep up. Um, so <laughs> as, we long got, as, as long as it's food or drink related, I think we can right. follow through. That's right. So we, Don't we, ask us to do anything else. I, I don't know about LARPing yet. We haven't gotten there. Yeah, that's, that's another thing. <laughs> so we have these plant-based burgers, <clears throat> excuse me, burgers sitting in front of us. I'm starving. Little cheddar cheese. I'm hungry as well. What we're going to do is we're going to do the first bite quick review uh, live here now. We're going to take a quick pause. <laughs> Eat the rest of our burgers because it is our lunch, and then we'll be right back we'll with the right episode. Back. All right, so let's do this. All right, go ahead. Cheers. Looks good. Okay. Well, it's it's better than any veggie burger I've had. It's better than any veggie burger I've had. A little backstory: we did these in a skillet in an apartment, so. We'll, I think they recommend you do them on a grill, but you know I think a skillet's just as good. We used olive oil in the pan. We could have used butter. Mm-hmm. Could have given ourselves a little more fat. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I mean, it's good. It's I, not. A, I don't know what I burger. would do better. Or like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it needs something else. I feel like this is the kind of thing that more the more toppings you add to it, the better. The better it, it be. gets. Yeah. If you had like a little white onion, maybe a tomato and some lettuce. Yeah, yeah, we we kept these real naked. Just yeah. Uh, ketchup, mustard, and mm-hmm. uh, some sharp, sharp cheddar cheese. Yeah, and a little toasted bun. And it's not, toasted it's bun. not bad. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's definitely. Uh, it's not In and Out Burger, but it's good. In and Out. All right, they will hell I'll die on. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna finish eating this delicious burger, and we'll be right back. See you on the other side. And we're back. What'd you think? I'm full. Yeah. I don't know if I'm full. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) I could go for another one. The more Um, I ate, the more I I liked it, actually. It's just, I think there's like a flavor I'm expecting to come that just never really comes. And it's, but it's very good. Yeah. I do think, to your point, you can doctor it up with some other, maybe some more fun ingredients, like maybe like a sriracha something or Mm -hmm. something. But it, but, very good. Yes. Good Good burger. You know what else is very good? Food tests on podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure this is just great entertainment for exactly. everybody at home. Uh, go out and, and try uh, Beyond Meat Burger and Beyond Meat. Give yeah. us like five bucks or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet us out. Give us something. <laughs> um, anything else you want to cover before we get into the topics? 
for today? I don't think so. I want to hear what what your topic is. Okay. Well, uh, I'm gonna. I'm kind of. I'm not doing you any favors here with my topic. It's super. Uh, all over the place again. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I'm not sure exactly what you're going to be able to tell me when I ask you the question that is the premise of our show. All right. But without further ado, Mike, all right. Tell me what you know about spectacular single game sports feats. Spectacular single game sports feats. So are these like, um, like a triple play by one player kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. The unassisted triple play. The unassisted triple play. Um, I'm trying to think what else would like shooting a 59 or a 58 be one. I mean, could be for sure. So I've kind of made a list of uh, a few of my. What I consider well, to be the greatest. Is this like a thing or is this what you've described as a thing? Uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Like if I go Google that exact phrase, will other people be writing about it in terms of that phrase? Oh, probably. I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I thought I so basically I started off. I wanted to talk about the quadruple double. Okay. In basketball. And uh-huh. then I kind of went down a rabbit hole and I found some other things that I thought were pretty impressive. So we'll okay. start with the quadruple double. Any idea how many there have been in history? A quadruple double? Correct. Probably so that's four like, stat lines of yeah, 10 points. Ten or, ten, ten, ten or more in that column. Correct. Um, probably not many. Uh, less than 10? Yes, there have been four. The first one, 1974, by Nate Thurmond. He was playing for the Bulls at the time against the Hawks. He had 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 12 blocks in 45 minutes of play. There's an asterisk beside this one. It was the only one on the list that happened in overtime. Mm. So I'm not sure exactly how we want to. I mean, it happened in a game, so you got to include it. Right? You got to include it. The next one happened, uh, 1986. Alvin Robertson He's playing for the Spurs against your sons. Mm, always. Yep. Uh, he went 20 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 steals. So unlike the other guys steals. in this group, yeah, he had the, he had 10 steals in a game. He actually is the uh, he, he's got the record for the most steals per game in history right now. So he was you know he was kind of a wing defender. Uh, so the steal shouldn't surprise you. I think he was. Uh, Big That's time, a lot big of steals. For sure. I mean. Yeah. He's also the only one on this list, the only one on this list not uh, that was not inducted into the Hall of Fame. Hmm. So next we have Hakeem Olajuwon. No surprise there, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, played for the Rockets, obviously. This came against the Bucks in 1990. He had definitely more than eight points. I think I left the 10s part out there. So I think he had 18 points, <laughs> 18 16 points. rebounds, 10 assists, and 11 blocks. Could have had 28 points. I'm not sure. Anyway, he hit it. Uh, just 26 days before this, he uh, fell just one assist shy of hitting the mark. So he almost had two in a month. <laughs> no players had more than one in history. They Some people, I think, on ESPN credit him with an extra one. Uh, if you're a big man, that's prob- you're probably the most likely... Because it's easier for you to get an assist than it is for like guards to get steals. Yeah, and I mean the main three categories are going to be points, rebounds, blocks, right? right? And right. then the assist. The assist usually is the, the fourth. Right. Finally, uh, any guesses on this last guy? I mean, would Wilt Chamberlain or uh, – I mean, Rondo wouldn't So have. more recently. No, it was uh, – uh, so It wasn't of, Russell Westbrook. No, sorry, not that much more recently. 1994. David Robinson. Okay. The Admiral. Mm-hmm. Spurs versus Pistons. He had 34 – 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 blocks. Wow. 10 blocks. 10 blocks. That's so incredible, 10 blocks. Yeah. So we're going to move on now to yeah. – I don't even know that the hole-in-one is that crazy anymore. I mean, it's pretty spectacular. So we're not going to – I mean, there's been a lot of hole-in-ones on the PGA Tour. Yeah, there are. But there's been a few that stand out. So the first is uh, there's been three golfers that have had two in one round. Right. Do you know any of them? Um, one of them's a bulldog. 
Bubba? No. Nope. Um, Brian Harmon. Really? Brian Harmon most recently. Oh, 2015 yeah. At the Barclays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Fourth round at the Barclays. He had two hole in ones, holes in one. The first one was Bill Whedon, Whedon uh, the 1955 Insurance City Open in the first round. And then Yusaku Miyazoto, the 2006 Reno Tahoe Open. This guy, when he was interviewed after the round, he said, uh, I go drink beer, have a good time. <laughs> Something along those lines. In Japan, if you have a hole-in-one, you have to throw a party for all your friends. Right. And I think here, what is it? If you get a hole-in-one, you buy the drinks for the rest you of the buy the, That's like, Yeah, that's the typical. But in Japan, they have hole-in-one insurance oh. that you can purchase for yourself. Uh, in case, in case you hit a home one, you have insurance money. What that covers the party. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I think it's, awesome. I think that's one of the coolest things about, about Japanese culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, it's also, I love how it's like a, a gag insurance gift. You're right. like, oh, I bought you a $50 hole in one insurance. Hope you, hope you need it. That's the, that's the quickest way to have me shank every single part three, <laughs> but not all hole in ones happen on par threes, Michael. There's been one hole in one on a par four in PGA tour history. I'm actually not shocked by this because I mean, especially they've been well, one guy's been getting longer and and they kind of set up these holes that that beg you yeah. to go for it. This was back in 2001 at the Phoenix Open. Andrew nice. McGee, wow, only hole in one on a par four in PGA Tour history. Wow. And if you watch video of it, there's a guy walking on the green in the group in front of him, I think, and is kind of surprised by the ball that goes right past him and rolls into the hole. Wow, yeah, pretty crazy. That is nuts. Yeah, have you ever had a hole in one? No, I've had one. Have you? Yeah. Were you playing by yourself? Uh, no, I was with a group of guys. All right. It was exciting. Where were you? Uh, Charleston. Over at Isle Palms. Yeah. Um, Ocean Course. Hit like it was like a, it was it was like a hundred and thirty yard part three, hundred thirty five pitching wedge. Part three course over court over uh, over water. Uh, hole in one. Yeah. Just bounced and then just I mean that, that's the thing about hole in one's been. You don't have like a video camera or anything. You're like, did, did that go in? Did yeah. that go in? And then it's like, oh, it's not by, I don't see it. I don't see it on the green. Check the hole. Check the hole. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. So did you buy a bunch of booze after that round? I think, yeah, we, it was a, it was already a kind of a drinking weekend. So yeah. we just kind of turned it up. Right. Right, right. Well, you mentioned this one earlier, but the unassisted triple play, I think is one of the coolest plays in history or in, in sports. Excuse me. I mean, it's, it's an awesome play. So you're, d- does it count to throw to first to it doesn't at all. You got to do. You got to be fully Correct. everything you. So there's been 15. So you do a you do a catch, you do a touch the base, and you do a tag. That's, that's pretty much the only. Happens. That's what usually happens. Right? So as the majority are held by shortstop, second baseman. Mm-hmm. Just out of it makes sense. There have been two by first baseman as well. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. So a first baseman catches the line drive, tags the runner that's on first, and then beats the runner back to second, mm-hmm. coming coming from third to second. Right. Right. Him just sprinting. Right, so maybe it's, a, maybe it's a line drive that draws him to his right, and he's already going that way, and the guy on second was either hit, hit and run or something like that, so right. he's able to catch, tag, right, right, right. make the play at second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was uh, Neil Ball back in 1909. He was playing for the Cleveland Naps against the Boston Red Sox, caught a line drive. He was playing second base, caught a line drive, uh, touched second, doubling up the runner, mm-hmm. and then tagged the runner between first and second base. Most recently, uh, it was 2009, Eric Bruntlet, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> everybody's favorite Phillies player. Uh, same exact thing, playing second base. Second uh, base, got it. Yeah, there's only one active player that has one. That's uh, plays for the Washington Nationals as Drupal Cabrera. Oh, really? Yeah, utility infielder. Now I think he's kind of getting older a little uh-huh. bit, uh, but he has one as well. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that. I think when it happens, you're so like taken aback by what happened. It's hard as a spectator to process it. It happens so quickly. You're like, whoa, what? It's got to happen quickly. It's, it, happen. Exactly. I remember watching um, a Rafael Furcal had one back in 2005 or something for the Braves. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him do that. I mean, even the, the not unassisted, just the triple play sure. is absurd. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everything's got to be it's gotta, the ball has to be hit in the perfect place, and it really only comes yeah it comes from just line drives right at people. Right, runners get stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So my last one that I want to like really touch on, and then I have a few that I think are cool. We'll mention mm-hmm. uh, the perfect game. One hundred and forty plus years of Major League Baseball, over two hundred seventeen thousand games, only twenty three perfect games. Really? Yes, and nobody has more than one. Wow. So obviously for anybody out there that's confused, I'm sure you all know this, but a perfect game is a complete game by a pitcher, no runs, nobody reaches base, so no hits, bat, no hit batters, no errors, I nothing. Was, I mean, the perfect game is so much better than a no-hitter, but right. I also kind of think like if you walk somebody, that your no-hitter's done. I don't think that should be I don't think that should count. Separate from perfect game, but I'm just I'm just saying. You you, you it's not a hit though. I get that it's not a hit, but like you, you didn't, can, you, can you didn't, you didn't give the guy enough to to even hit. Man, you got screwed on a call. Umpire's blind back there. You know, but you see what I'm saying. You, well, you remember with uh, Armando Galarraga a few years ago, he had that perfect game going, and they called the guy safe at first. Was this from umpire error? Oh, and he was pitching for the Tigers at the time. Uh, it was the last batter. It was two outs in the ninth inning, ground ball, and they just called him safe. They called him safe at first. <sighs> Replay showed he was out. For uh-huh. sure. The guy took away, I mean, that was number 24, right? Yeah, it took, it took away a perfect game. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. Uh, the umpire, like, was. That was before the replay. Umpire was beaten up over it. Like, yeah. cried afterwards and everything. Really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got it wrong, bud, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, what can you do? He was yeah. remorseful. Uh, you were a pitcher, right? I, I dabbled. Yeah. You ever have? That was, that was meat, though. I just got hammered typically by people. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of strikeouts? Yeah. I had to rely on my placement more than anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I wasn't going to blow anybody away. Uh, never came close to a perfect game. I did when I was nine, struck out uh, the final three batters of the game on nine pitches. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. I have the ball to prove it. <laughs> Signed by my father. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Little League, yeah, I had a, a no-hitter. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. There's a pitcher. It was, you know. Yeah. You know. You know. It was one of those things. Uh, so the first in the modern era to throw one, no surprise here, Cy Young. Did so at age 34, I believe. Wow. It was back in 1904. Most recently, Felix Hernandez for the Seattle Mariners on August 15, 2012. He had 12 strikeouts in the outing. Uh, since then, there hasn't been one. I believe that Armando Galarraga was after that. So there would have been a 24th perfect game. Mm-hmm. But it got taken away by the umpire. Mm-hmm. And we're not here to shame umpires. You know, you make a mistake, but come on. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Especially when you know what's on the line. It's not like he didn't realize it. He should have just called him out anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, those are the ones I wanted to really. There's been a lot of no hitters, though, recently. I feel like each year there's. Remember, ESPN always like alerts everybody. It's like, no hitter going through the seventh. Yeah. yeah. It's like the one way to jinx it. Everybody turns their TV on and immediately yeah. gets a hit. Yeah, immediately. It's like when I'm playing golf with somebody and they're two under through four. I'll be like, hey, man, you're two under right now. And they go, get out of here. Kind of felt. Asshole. You didn't say anything, but I kind of felt that way. Yeah, uh, I was, and I did to myself. I was gonna say something to you. And I yeah. thought, well, ah, thought better. He's got a round one under through again. five. Yeah, don't say anything. You're playing pretty well right now, man. Next <laughs> <laughs> yeah. T box. Well, what are you? What are you shooting right now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, a couple more I wanted to touch on. Some of these I think you'll, I think you'll like. 
scoring a goal as a goalkeeper or a goaltender. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so only, I think, 14 by NHL hockey goaltenders. Only uh-huh. 14 goals have been scored. <laughs> and I would imagine that's typically empty netters into the game. Yeah, they just, just throwing throw it down the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think only like five in the English Premier League in soccer and only one in the in MLS. And I don't think they count uh, – when, when a game goes to penalties and the, and the keeper comes up, up, right? That doesn't count. Yeah. No, I mean, like, if the game goes to penalties and the keepers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but, do they, but do they count? Uh, they, they pull the keeper up and then the keeper gets, like, a header? I'm sure, yeah. On a like, corner kick? It just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't score them that often. Yeah. 100-point um, game, obviously, mm-hmm. will never be done again, I don't think. No. Will Chamberlain. No. I mean, Kobe's the, 81. Yeah, and that and I mean, how many free throws and, and it went to like double overtime? Yeah, so fifty five in the second half or something. Yeah, it's absurd. Uh, a nine dart finish. <laughs> a nine dart finish. Uh, so it's the fastest way to win a game of five hundred one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's nine perfect throws. Uh, Michael, we covered this in darts. Yes, I know, but I thought that you might like that. A nine <laughs> I dart do. Finish. I do. Uh, the hat trick, hockey or soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to throw a bone to to football, the NFL, a two hundred fifty yard rushing game. I think that's pretty. Two hundred fifty. Is that kind of where they'd set the mark? I think so. I think uh, uh, what was his name. Uh, Jamal Lewis for the Ravens. Two hundred. I'm sure like Barry Sanders is up there. Yeah. AP maybe. Yeah. Just throwing some names out there that might have had it. Might have had it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a perfect ten in the Olympics. You always gotta get get by that pesky Russian judge. Yeah. Right. It's tough to do. Wasn't well, uh, Simone Biles or who was the? There was a girl who recently had a perfect ten. Yeah. Probably, Video went probably, all viral. Uh, yeah, it was probably Simone yeah. Biles. I would imagine. Yeah. And then uh, finally the four minute mile, which was once a thing of of mythicality and then and then it got broke now it's the standard almost although the fast the, the a woman has not broke the four minute mile yet oh really yeah four twelve thirty three is the record as of a few weeks ago huh i'm kind of always it's surprised by that time. i'm kind of i'm always surprised by that yeah do you know the world record for the mile right now and for for men um is it like high 340s 343 13 343 10 years ago 20 years ago hadn't been broken in 20 years who holds it nine uh Hikam El Garouge from Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. So July thirteen, July of nineteen ninety nine, he did a three four three thirteen. That's absurd. You, I don't think I could run as fast as he ran for three minutes and forty three seconds. You don't think you could sprint as fast as no. he ran that thing? Yeah. No. Yeah. Because uh, I've tried to run like a really fast mile, and and I've gotten into like the fives, but uh, I mean, you, you, I'm like you're all out sprinting. It's right. crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's nuts. Um, so that's what I got for. I would throw sports feats. What I will have? throw Furyk's fifty-eight yeah. in there, which like could have been a fifty-seven. He missed like a three and a half foot putt. Uh, that was absolutely absurd. Right, you just get so hot. You're so just shooting in the fifties. Shooting in the fifties is so crazy. Yeah, I mean, so many birdies. You, I bet while it's going, you're like, this is just because you're at the real. very least eleven under. Yeah, and typically you're more 13, 14 probably. Y- yeah. And, and so you're birdieing every hole, he, essentially. Furyk had a 58, wow. I think, with a bogey. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's so absurd. That Brian Harmon, the two ace round, he shot a 68. He had like three birdies and five bogeys that round. Yeah. Like tied for 30th in the event. I remember when that happened. I, I, I feel bad I forgot Brian Harmon. Played yeah. played a few holes with him at Georgia. Yeah. Good player. He is a good player. Yeah. A little bit better than us. Anything else you'd like to add to the list? Um. I don't. What other sports do we have? That, maybe maybe the Triple Crown. Triple Crown, yeah, would be up there. Um, I don't know what it would be for like racing, baseball. for like Formula One or NASCAR. Yeah, I'm sure there's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Fastest quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the topic though. Amount, amount of cops outran while bootlegging. <laughs> I think that'd be a good one for the, for the racing. Um, I like the topic though. Yeah, that was a little interesting. Yeah, maybe it was kind of 
try to find something last minute here. But I like it. Thanks. I like it. All right. What do you got for me? Um, well, so this last weekend went up to uh, my sister's husband's place up in Long Island, his family's house. Mm-hmm. And um, his family has this game room downstairs in their basement that they've built for, uh, you know, as long as they've been a family. They're just like a handy, a handy family. The the dad worked. Um, uh, he was a builder and did uh, a lot of refrigeration stuff. Or um, as I skewer this, he was doing um, HVAC like, stuff. No, uh, no, like big baking machines. And he's just he's just a builder. Like if he sees something, he wants to know how it works, and he's gonna figure out figure it out and you know be able to build it. Classic big baking machines. <laughs> uh, like like big bagel makers, like gotcha. you know industrial size. Okay. Uh, baker baking machines. Um, so, uh, I'm down in this room and I'm just looking at all these different game machines and it made me think, Michael, what do you know about pinball? Uh, my friend had a pinball machine at his house growing up. Uh, the Adams family pinball machine. Uh, One of the notable ones I had listed here and it's like the pin, the Adams family one. I don't know why I just always remember it. It's great. Uh, it's, it's funny because they're all the same and it, it's all the same game essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I did remember the branding. They all cheat. They're all unfair for sure. <laughs> it's like how am I I hit this one perfectly and it goes straight through my my paddles what right in that little bit. What's wrong with this game? Mm-hmm. What what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to set the high score here. <laughs> and then it's going to get mad at me for tilting. Come on. Uh, I don't know much about the history of it though. I mean, I think it's it, it reminds me of like a dazed and confused type game where you go to the arcade and right. hang out with your friends and maybe play a little pinball, mm-hmm. a little skee ball, maybe a little uh, little little pool. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it, that's exactly what it's for. It was um, uh, invented in 1871 by oh. Montague Redgrave. Improves the game of Bagatelle. So Bagatelle was this other very similar game, um, but he improved it. He kind of put it on a tilt, and he added um, like the the coil springer, the, the plunger, the plunger. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the early 1930s that pinball machines started really being manufactured and, and spread around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, kind of came out of the Great Depression. Um, I kind of I wanted to dig deeper on this, but I couldn't find an answer that really um, answered my question here about why. Yeah, why like. Why during the Great Depression they decided to build these things? Um, I guess maybe because it's kind of like cheap entertainment. Yeah. Um, but they used to just be there. There were no flippers at this time. It was literally just put put a dime in, and watch or put a penny fall. in, and, and and you launch the ball, and then uh, where the ball goes depends on you know what you get. And so if it if it goes a certain place, you get new lives, like new, new turns. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you hit in a certain place, you might win something that from the the establishment owner. He might give you like. Uh, you know, some, something cheap. Pack of Marlboros. Gum or something, yeah. Um, uh, a G.I. Joe lunchbox. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, in 1932, they added legs to the table. Before, they were just tabletops. Okay. 32, they added the legs so that you could stand up and, and so like, line them up. So they just had a tabletop and like put a wedge behind it or something to have it tilted? Or? Right, right. Okay. So the thing was, was tilted inside yeah. of the thing, but gotcha. it just laid gotcha. on top of a table. Um, and the term pinball didn't get actually start being used until 1936. Um, anyways, some other big companies kind of started in pinball. Um, like the Bally Corporation. Oh, really? Uh, started as a pinball company. Oh, they're casinos? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they realized there was too much skill in that game, so they got out of it, I'm sure. Well, well so <laughs> in 1942, January, 20, January 21st, 1942, pinball was outlawed. It was illegal. 
what I find so funny about this is that there was like a huge um, backlash against pinball because was they thought you were just wasting your money on it. So it was a little bit of a lot. It was a little bit of a lot of things. One, it was they thought that youth were like wasting their money playing these stupid games. Ah. Two, exactly. Two, um, they wanted, they, they thought it was like a morally, it like brought people around each other that were like morally bad. So it just like proliferated this morally bad culture of wasting your money, gambling, and all this different stuff. Uh, and then they also used the war argument because the pinball machines were made out of metal. And they're like, well, we've got a we war on these resources. We've got a war on. We need these resources to. Uh, yeah. Um, and there were also a lot of the machines being produced and manufactured in Chicago that did have a lot of ties to organized crime. And that's why there was like an added uh, okay. shutdown about it. Maybe the only legitimate cause. Maybe the only legitimate. Maybe the metal was needed for war. I, again, this is this is just. It sounds like a lot of people don't like fun. Yeah, no, it, it, it's basically that. A lot of old man yells at cloud situation going right, on right there. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, it was hilarious because JFK was actually slandered about him being in, like, a picture at a pinball <laughs> hall. He'd be like, can you imagine this guy? This, this doesn't bad matter. Man. He's banging all these other women. He's <laughs> <laughs> at a pinball machine alley. You Can you be crazy? But so when the flipper got added, yeah. uh, they started becoming a game of skill. Okay. So in 1974, 30 years, it was illegal to have pinball machines. It's crazy. 30 years, California overturned it. Game of skill. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's bizarre because you know what that reminds me of. It reminds me of the game at games that David. The majority of the games at David Buster's now. You you go in there, you literally scan your card, and you push a button, and something happens. And something There's happens. There's nothing that exactly. It's like a. Uh, I wonder how they are regulated in terms of like casino stuff. In terms of winning stuff? Like, well, yeah, because like uh, the majority of their games are slot machines, essentially. Um, they'll the, they have to have some form of a, of, of a part of skill, right? Like, so the flapper, the flippers thing, is like uh, like a sleight of hand, ref, you know, Reflex. reflexes. Yeah, okay. uh, and so some of the other things there probably is some element that yeah. is like, oh, if you just pulled it back a little bit differently, a little bit different power, like you get that it. impossible game with that impossible ball game spun around. Exactly, these are like Stupid carnival place. games. Yeah, bunch of carnies. Um, but yeah, 1974. I think the funniest pictures I saw when, when researching this were like FBI agents with sledgehammers just sledging <laughs> pinball machines. You're like, you, you're real justice. People um, just hated video games and games for forever. People, uh, people just hate stuff that that is like youth culture. But but in doing so, in doing this, it pushed it even more into like a rebel without a cause type thing. So like it became just like, oh, you're gonna be a rebel. You're gonna go down to the the pool hall and play pinball. Like, Yo, I got that. Uh what do you need? You need some, some you heroin? Need some cigarettes? You need some cigarettes or you pinball machine? I got a pinball machine. <laughs> pinball? I got a guy. <laughs> Meet me out back in five. <laughs> um, village. <laughs> uh, so they've, like, since they've obviously added like new things to the game to make it better. Um, video games coming in was just kind of like, a, mm. this is like the obvious killer of these pinball machines. Right. Uh, yeah, I'd rather play Pac-Man than kind of just flick this ball around and watch it go around. And to your point, there is still an element of like randomness that can be kind of annoying. Um, so they've added in like different, uh, like beyond the plungers and the flippers, there are, there are like 10 different things. There's like uh, bumpers, there's like reflex things that like when the ball gets near it, like they pop out and they push the ball in other directions. Um, so there's a ton of different types of things, launchers, droppers, 
multi-ball games. Mm-hmm. The one the one thing I think is really cool is the addition of some form of like a storyline. Yeah. Uh, those I think are like probably the, the coolest ones to play. Yeah, like missions essentially. Yeah. Uh, so the, the most – one of the most um, famous ones is this game called Medieval – I just had it. Uh, it's like Medieval Times mm-hmm. thing. Renaissance Fair. Yeah, basically. Uh, and they have this cool thing where you got to hit hit a hit at a castle, and then this moat thing drops down. So yeah. the moat drops down. That gives ramp. you like a place of ramp, and then you got to like blow up the castle. Um, and then it releases like multi game, multi ball mode. And I, I kind of appreciate there's like some level of uh, storyline you're trying to unlock. Yeah. Do you remember Space Cadet 3D Pinball? No. Uh, it was like it was a staple game on uh, any PC. Back in the nineties. Oh, oh, so a, a, a software form version. Right in your games folder, it was like Solitaire, Minesweeper, mm-hmm. Free Cell, Space Cadet, 3D Pinball. I don't think I ever played that one. Oh my gosh, I spent hours <laughs> in the library at school during study hall, just learning playing and playing pinball. 3D Space Cadet. See, they should have kept it outlawed. I bet if you saw the pinball here, hold on. Well, I'll show you in a little bit. I bet if you saw the screen, they you would, wouldn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's basically what I what I'd got on on pinball. I think it's pretty interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, they're doing some new things where they're integrating like a LCD screen and an actual ball. So like when the ball goes over the LCD screen, it's mapping it. It the changes what's on the screen. Gotcha. Um, that's basically like the the future of pinball. But there is like a, a still a, a large segment of the population that loves pinball. Yeah, it's fun. I uh, there's a. There's a barcade in Charlotte, North Carolina called uh, Abari, and they have great pinball machines in there. They have the Adams Family. They have a Terminator one. I think there's a Top Terminator Gun one. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of movies linked up with pinball machines. It's just so like it's a meaningless um, thing to attach yourself to. So it's like mm-hmm. it's so great because you're like, oh, this pinball machine. And I they just throw make a Top Gun. Make from it the movie on the on the board. Right. And uh, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Right. Top Gun, you got like the volleyball scene down in the. Yeah. Uh, to kind of cap this off, were you, sorry, were you finished? No, that's it. Okay. I, I, this reminded me of something. I don't know if you've seen this documentary, but it's called uh, King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Okay. It's about Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe and their battle to be the bet, uh, have the high score on Donkey Kong, the, the original cabinet game. Uh huh. If you haven't seen it, it is the most compelling documentary I've ever seen in my life. Really? It is incredible. Compelling, maybe not the word. Entertaining, for sure. <laughs> they take... they Billy Mitchell, they make this guy who plays a video game, they make him out to be the biggest villain of all time. And he kind of is. <laughs> it's awesome. Do they, uh, does he like sabotage other people? You just need to go and watch it. All right. Uh, King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. King of Kong. Yeah. I think it's on YouTube, the whole thing. Okay. Um, really, really good documentary. I'll watch it. Yeah, watch it. That's up my alley. These guys are, I'm sure they they hold pinball records all over the place because they're, you know, they're all over Pac-Man and Donkey yeah, Kong yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to um, watch that. Yeah, it's really good. I'll watch it with you again. It's yeah. super good. All right. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, pinball. Another good episode. Appreciate you guys listening. This will be live on Friday, which will be the 16th of August. I don't know why I tell you the date that's going to be live because you'll be listening to it when it's live. It's not like you can hear it. People before. have already turned out of this. They're never going right. to hear this part. That's right. Well, we love you guys. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. See you Friday.